can Al, he can't hear us to even un, um Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Raising Vibration Radio and Journeys into Consciousness. I'm one of your hosts, Reverend Raven, and joining us in Virginia is our other host, Tammy Lucente. And uh, in Nagheads, North Carolina, we have the infamous Tom Coates. And uh, you're going to see we're going to have another addition to the panel tonight. We have Albert Moore. But we're trying to get him situated. We have a little technical difficulty. But I'm going to let Tammy go ahead and start the show, and we'll go from there. Good evening, everyone. Happy Fourth of July weekend. And, and thank you for joining us for another evening of uh, Raising Vibrations and Journeys into Consciousness. Tonight we're going to have just a nice friendly conversation and see where it goes with um, Tom Coates, Al, Sandy, and myself. And let's just go on into it. Al, what have you been up to lately? Here, I had to mute, uh, unmute. <laughs> okay. What have I been up to? Well, I have my projects, my writing projects and design projects. So yeah, the last couple of months have been pretty intensely working on those things mm -hmm. and shifting my own self-awareness, advancing my own self-awareness. I understand. So what have you been doing in the past couple of months while you were doing that. Would you mind sharing some of that for our listeners? I mean, maybe they could be aware of things like this showing well, up. Um, in terms of advancing self-awareness, mm -hmm. um, a lot of uh, past things have come up, but I've got a lot of tools now that I use to, um, uh, to, to shift fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. And one of those principal primary tools is that I have over the years developed a relationship with the part of me that I refer to as my soul. Mm -hmm. And I have written extensively about that relationship. And um, uh, most uh, prominently in my book, Eyes in the Mirror. And uh, um, like for instance, I have been working on this project and, and struggling a great deal with the technical aspects of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a design project um, on, um, uh, on my computers. And um, for a long time, I've been struggling with this issue. And one night, uh, as I usually do, I go to, go to sleep and communicate with this entity that I call my soul. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, um, this one night I said, I don't know what to do about this. And I woke up in the morning. Uh, the way I had been approaching this, this drawing was slowing my computer down enormously mm -hmm. to the point of real aggravation. And so I turned to to my soul and asked for a solution. Well, I woke up the next morning, as I often do, I woke up the next morning and had a fabulous idea run through me. And um, it has made um, the drawing process on the computer with this program that I use so much easier. Excellent. I mean, Yay. So, um, 
I can rely upon that um, communication with that part of myself that answers me intuitively and through ideas and, and uh, auditory um, recommendations or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it is a real help in terms of problem solving. Exactly. Hmm. It makes me think of um, the Vec. What did you? What is it? The Vesica Pisces. Remember? Vesica Pisces. Yeah, that we would do in the class. Mm hmm. Yeah, makes me think of that being a really powerful tool, also. Mm hmm. Well, you need a Tammy. You need to orient the, the audience that the, the fact that. Al <laughs> teaches classes in what is referred to as I need to orient them. So I've had the, the um, privilege of attending um, a few of Al's classes and they've been very, very helpful and uh, recently have, well, in the past year, ever since last summer, I think that's when we worked with that, I, I've um, been able to use those visualizations. Do you want to describe it? like the way you taught it to us in class, it's been really helpful for me. Well, we, we talked about a lot of them. Which ones? It's the, 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 the two circles that cross oh. the Vecapuk Pisces. Am I saying it wrong? I'm chopping it up. I'm all horrible with these words, yes. guys. Say Vesica. it correctly, please. <laughs> it is called the Vesica Pisces. Vesica Pisces, yes. And I can feel it. So it, once the, I started working with it, I could feel it. So I find that interesting. The, it is a shape that is formed by the intersection or overlapping of two circles of the same diameter um, at each other and intersecting at each other's center point. So imagine two circles coming together and they're tangent at each other's center points. Mm -hmm. That creates the true Vesica Pisces. Yeah. And what it represents is, is the, uh, the balancing of, of our masculine and feminine sides or aspects. And in that balancing, It opens up what the Vesica Pisces is called the portal between the physical dimension and the etheric dimension, mm -hmm. called the portal. So when you practice this using this technique, you can very easily go between physical existence and etheric or non-physical existence where you can find um, endless answers to physical issues. Like endless. 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 <laughs> so, so whatever whatever number of whatever issues you have. Do you hear that audience? Whatever issues you have as you develop a relationship between and a balance point between your own masculine and feminine sides, you automatically, <laughs> excuse me, you automatically establish 
this vesica Pisces in your own psyche. Mm -hmm. And the vesica Pisces, as I've said before, is referred to as a portal between dimensions. So when I balance the masculine and feminine within me and visualize these two circles coming together, one representing masculine, the other representing feminine, Mm -hmm. I bring them together, tangent at each other's not completely overlapping. They're overlapping roughly halfway. Mm-hmm. And it creates a, a shape like, um, well, it, it is the shape of every orifice in the human body. The mouth, mouth, eyes, all the all the openings in the body, <laughs> and uh, at any rate, uh, no TMI. <laughs> a little TMI. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> come on, it's Fourth of July weekend. We can be a little wild. <laughs> at any rate, um, once you are able to go back and forth between the dimensions, mm. the physical and the etheric. You can go there at any time to find any solution for any issue that you face. Exactly. So I've been using that, using that practice for it's about very 30 powerful. Years. I visually, um, I started visually doing it with you. I, I just um, would visually picture that a lot and it yeah. definitely does wonders for you all yeah. sorts of things amongst other things so so we've we're on book number two we're doing classes you're, so are you, you're doing zoom classes right now right are you doing beginner and advanced i'm doing an advanced right now advanced. and i will start a beginning one in september again in september excellent well, I encourage anybody that um, any of this resonates with to um, look Al up. It was a really beneficial class for me. I took a couple of them. It was wonderful. I so enjoyed it. And it was very helpful. And I've noticed using the tool, tools quite a bit. So what, what kind of book did you write? The book, the first book that I wrote was called Eyes in the Mirror. Everything changed when he met his soul. It is um, available on the book's website. Um, should I give that website? Yes, sure. please, please, okay. please do. It is info dot eyes in the mirror dot com. That's Info, I-N-F-O, dot, eyes, in, the, mirror, dot com. Okay, I'm going to post that on here in the feed so that everybody can go to that. But basically that book, uh, in, in a nutshell, what is that book helping people to do? Well, it it it's a story of that's based upon my life, an event in my life where um, 
I was faced with um, uh, an unpleasant decision to make. Uh, and um, uh, in the book, I describe a way that I met my soul and it gave me reasons why everything in my life had occurred and it showed me a way to um, find a place in my heart to make this decision, this very difficult decision. I don't want to say too much about it, but, um, and then at the end, by going through this process of self-knowing um, through uh, this conversation with my soul, um, I got to visit what you might call New Earth, and I got a tour of, of a city on New Earth. And when uh, the character, or I, came back from that visit, I had the answer to the, to the challenging situation. Wow. And, and I got to see the future. The wow. Human, the future of human beings on planet Earth. Tell me about that, Al. What did it look like? Well, being serious. What did, what did you experience? What did it feel like? What, do you, what can you recapture right now? Well, I would ask you and your audience to imagine that you have reached and everyone you know has reached a sense of union or recognition of their oneness with everything, a visceral recognition of that oneness with everything. So that in that recognition, you have, by today's human standards, you would have extraordinary gifts. To you, wouldn't you agree that if you could, if, if you could even recognize that your experience of this life would be much different. Tammy, if I may, your voice is uh, kind of kind of coming in and out. Not very, not very. Not Can very, you hear me yeah. now? That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I heard you, but it, it was it was dim. That's much better. Go ahead, Al. So, imagine that you uh, and everyone on the planet has this advanced self-awareness of their connection with their soul. You have a, a, an awareness that you are one with this eternal, all-loving entity. Mm -hmm. And that when we allow that union to flow through us, everything that we see now in the world shifts as a reflection of who we are being. Exactly. So um, the way you might think about this is in contrast. What we see today 
is a world that reflects our sense of separateness from ourselves and our souls, our separateness from each other, our separateness from the planet and all her creatures, and our separateness from um, this is perceived separateness uh, from um, from the creator of all that is. So you could think about this uh, as a uh, the question I ask myself, well, what happens when people remember that oneness with everything? Yeah. What, what, does, what does the world look like? What does human relationships look like? What do, um, what do our social systems look like? And uh, based upon you know, from my background um, as an arch former architect and former urban designer, uh, I started to imagine what a collective, what a city would look like um, when a collective of human beings remember that oneness. What did it look like? Well, <laughs> buy the book, Tammy. Yes, yes. Buy the book. <laughs> buy the book. Buy the book, Tammy. Buy the book. Read the book. I, I got a question for Tom. Go ahead. Okay. I can tell both of you what it looks like. What? It looks like a world without lawyers. Yeah, amen. Yes, amen. No one needs a lawyer because everybody gets along. Hey, wait, exactly. you're a lawyer. Very boring world. <laughs> you're a lawyer. Not boring. <laughs> so, Wait Tom, up. how did you meet Albert? Uh, Al showed up at uh, one of one of our. Uh, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I involved with the Richmond Ions group, which is a community group of, of the Institute of Noetic Sciences based in Petaluma. And, and we have a, a probably the most vibrant, robust uh, community group in the entire global network of ions right in Richmond. And uh, it's been around since, since uh, mid nineties. And we've been having a monthly uh, program uh, with with very outstanding speakers, including Al, on a couple of occasions, so maybe three. Congratulations, Al! And uh, and and uh, Al and people who are outstanding like Al, when they find their way to Richmond, tend to find somehow find their way to us. We don't know how they just do it <laughs> because of the, the, the oneness of all on. things, huh? I say it's a beacon, anyways. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that's how that's how I met Al. He showed up and 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 initially I met Al through uh, meeting his sister, who he was coming here to stay with. A friend of mine moved into his sister's basement apartment um, for a year or so, and then she had to move out because Al was coming <laughs> to take to take her place. Um, and uh, so, anyway, the, the, these things are all part of the grand scheme of things, and it meant to happen. Al showed up at, at IONS, and, and we became friends almost instantaneously and been friends ever since. 
excellent. So I would, just ran through my head. Yeah, you get, Tammy, put that what? mic closer to your mouth. I know, uh, right? I'm sorry. Is that better? Oh, okay. That's better. <laughs> So I was I was just thinking, um, as far as the Michael charts, what what are what are what does your Michael charts say, Al? I was just curious, really quick. I'm looking for a compare, like um. I don't think he's done one. You've never done a Michael chart? No. Ah. Not, not that I know of. His soul has told him he doesn't need one. <laughs> I just thought, okay, well then, skip that. <laughs> So, Tom, what's going on with you these days? Well, what's going on, Ions? We're, we're on the 3rd of July, which which uh, always uh, reminds me of uh, my older daughter and my grandson, my, my first grandson, um, uh, on the, uh, the 20th of June, 2002, at right around five in the afternoon, um, my older daughter appeared uh, without letting me know she was coming into my office. On July 3rd? When? When was this? June 20th. June 20th, June 20th 2002. June 20th. Oh. And she was clearly perturbed, agitated, angry frustrated all these things and so I, I just from the look on her face she says i'm busting into my office just as the staff is all leaving to go home and uh and she said uh i, I said what's the matter and she said well i've just come from my she was pregnant she was she was eight 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 and a half months pregnant and she says i've just come from my obstetrician's office and i'm and I'm really, I'm really upset. I said, well, what's the matter? She says, well, she says, I'm not dilating the way I'm supposed to be. And, uh, and uh, this baby is not going to come on the schedule that was planned because I'm not dilating. And, uh, and this is her first child. Um, and, and so, uh, uh, I said, well, when, when was the date it was planned to come? She said, well, they told me originally it was going to be July the 6th. And now, because of, of the lack of of, uh, of me dilating, the, the obstetrician says that, uh, that, sh that she's scheduling me for an appointment to have for uh, uh, to induce labor on the 18th of July. Uh, which is a, a pitocin, a pitocin drip. Uh, most women who've had children uh, ever, ever had any labor issues are familiar with that. And it's not a very good thing to have to do. It's got some risks and so forth. It's very unpleasant. And it and, forces uh, labor. Yeah. But yeah. Forcing, forcing labor. Mm -hmm. And, and, and with a fair amount of, of risk for both the mother and child. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, and so she, and she went on to say, she says, well, the, the obstetrician told me that, that, that just sort of an aside that she is going to be on vacation from July the 3rd until July the 10th. But that won't matter because uh, uh, because there's no chance that I'll be having the baby then anyway. 
And, uh, uh, and so, uh, uh, she says, I'm just, I, just frustrated. And I thought maybe you could, you know, give me some advice or guidance about this situation. And so I said, well, um, which is more important for you? Is it more important for you to have the baby on the schedule that you originally planned or for your obstetrician that you've been working with these eight and a half months to be present when the birth occurs? And she says, I don't care about the obstetrician is there. I want to have the baby. And and so I said, okay, well that 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 resolves that issue. So you don't mind having the baby while the obstetrician is on vacation, just so we're or Claire. And she says, I don't care if the obstetrician is on vacation. She has lots of partners. They're all very confident. Someone will help out if it happens. And. Uh, and I said, well, then I think it would be appropriate for you to pick a date that you want this child to be born. And, and she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what date would you want? If, if you had your, 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 your way, I'm, I'm giving you right now the opportunity to choose the date your child will be born. And, uh, and she said, well, oh, gee, I don't know. Uh, 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 lots of us and, 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 and uh, vacillation there. And, and she says, well, what do you think? And I said, well, first of all, it's not my choice to make, um, but, um, uh, but, I, but I think, you know, first we ought to check with the, with the child and make sure the child is on board with what we're talking about here. And so I, I, did, I, I asked a question of that and I got what seemed to me an affirmative answer. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, and so she said, well, dad, what day do you think? And I said, well, listen, Holly, my daughter's name is Holly. I said, uh, I, um, uh, I don't, uh, you know, again, it's your choice, but I said, as a, as a grandfather whose memory might be fading as time goes by, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would be, it would, it would be, hurt very, my feelings. yeah, it would be very easy to remember of July 4th as a birthday of my first grandchild. If that happened to be the date that uh, was picked for this birth. And she said, oh, I think that's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. I think that would be terrific. And uh, good. I said, well, let's run that up to flagpole with the child and see if he or she is on board. Uh, and, and I say he or she because Holly had been, had been, uh, uh, had refused to do uh, ultrasound or, uh, to determine the, the sex of, of her child. I had gotten from my own guidance that the child was to be a boy, but uh, I had not shared that. So we had to, you know, we, we were just dealing with, uh, um, with, with he or she. And uh, so we got a positive on the, from the child standpoint of July 4th as a good date. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, I, I, she, I said, great. Well, it looks like that's, that's it. And she says, well, what do we do now? And I said, well, it's done. It's uh, that's all it is. We just make, we, you make that choice. 
the child's over to us. And I uh, said, if you want to cement the thing, we can put our hands together and, and, put, and bring our energies all together, including you, me, and your child, and, uh, and, 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 and bless that event as if it had already happened, knowing it, knowing it has in, in the context of, of creation, it's already there. It just has to be. And so we did that. We put our hands on the desk and threw them up. And, and I said, I said, you know, it's, it's all done now. And just, just, uh, I don't need to hear from you again. Just, just call me on the night of the sixth when you're on the way to the hospital. I said, we're going to put, make part of this that the labor is going to be without any issue. It's going to be very natural. It's going to not going to be very painful. And, uh, it's all going to go smooth as silk. And, uh, and so, uh, we did that. And, uh, and so she says, Oh dad, I feel so much better. I knew you'd come up with something like this. And <laughs> so uh. she, she left my office 20 minutes, 25 minutes later. And, uh, uh, you know, came in literally at, in a state of, of, despair like a frustration and, and irritation and so forth and left in a state of, of exhilaration and uh i didn't hear from her again for another 13 days and about 6 30 7 o'clock on the night of the third i told her not to call me until the uh, not, not to go to the hospital or, or call me until the contractions were coming every 90 seconds and uh, and so uh uh, she said, she called me about quarter six thirty, quarter seven. Said, Dad, the contractions are coming every 90 seconds. We're on our way to the hospital. Come on over when you feel like it. We'll be there. And uh, this this baby's coming in the morning. And uh, and so I said, Great. And and uh, and I got over there about eight or nine o'clock that night and and uh, around. Mm, Plus or minus seven the next morning, very, very easily without any real, real stress or strain, my first grandson was born. It's beautiful. Yeah. So how excited was she Excuse with me? her 4th of July baby? <laughs> yeah. That's fourth just of fun. July how interesting. Yeah. Yep. Happy 4th. And so how old is he now? That was, when was he that? Was, he turns 19 tomorrow. 19 tomorrow, oh, yeah. Well, he'll be starting college in, in another uh six weeks excellent yeah. right excellent that's beautiful i love that story well you know it's just an example, example. Of, how, of how when we picking up on al's points uh -huh. it's, it's an example of how when we realize the unity of all of all that is with us as part of all it is we can engage that in ways that that uh that serve serve all our our greater good and the greater good of, of creation as a whole and uh, uh and so and that was just this is just one small example of it. all the the Esther hicks and and uh channeling of of abraham is all about manifesting you know your reality but you have to be engaged with it and realizing that it is all one and that what you want wants you and all that that we're part of a large seamless network of energy um 
and 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 that's what that's what makes all that work. I I would like yes. to add. I'd like to add that um, um, there's a principle that we start off with in self mastery, and that is that energy follows thought, and thought follows energy. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that principle and how to shift your thinking to being inclusive and unified rather than feeling and thinking separate, thinking that you're separate, uh -huh. then um, not only does your life shift, but your perceptions of everybody shifts and the way people respond to one another shifts as a result of our experience of that union. Right. I got a quote for you guys, and I want to see if you guys can tell me who said this, okay? Okay. Okay, so opinion is really the lowest form of human knowledge. It requires no accountability, no understanding. The highest form of knowledge is empathy, for it requires to suspend our egos and live in another's world. It requires profound purpose larger than the self-kind of understanding. Any hits? Was it was that Abraham? Abraham? No, actually not. It was Plato. Well, oh, yeah. Plato. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Back then, too. Way well, back when. Well, Plato was was fairly advanced for his age. I gotcha. That I gotcha. So on point. Well, I just came across it like it was synergy. It came across me. I was like, oh, I got to share this with everybody because yeah, yeah. it's kind of no, like. No, it, it perfectly, it, it perfectly. Plato, that's from Plato. Yes. Yes. And the physical. Yeah. Yes. Was it Plato or, or Socrates or was it Plato no. quoting Socrates? No, it was Plato's own quote. Huh. Huh. I love Socrates. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fanatic right, right. of the Socratic method. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm really all about that. But I really was like, wow. It's very interesting to go back in time and look at uh, the people before us and to see how they wanted us all come together as one, too. Correctly? You know, it, you can just see it all through the times. It's just, it's, it's awesome. And we're still going towards that direction. You know, the Plato, the, the Greek philosophical tradition began with Pythagoras. And, uh, and Pythagoras uh, had a, a, like Jesus, had a period of, of uh, training in India for about 15 years or more. And uh, back in around 600 AD. Pythagoras was a contemporary in terms of time of both uh, both uh, uh, Siddhartha, otherwise known as Buddha, um, and and also uh, uh, Lao Tzu in China, and and Pythagoras went to India and and was taught by Brahmins there, and in the in the Himalayas, and came back and brought with him a combination of of uh, of, of geometry and um, uh, philosophy, which, which uh, he brought it back from where 
from India. From India? It all came from India. It was not a Greek invention at all. Mm -hmm. it was, the Greeks certainly added added flavor to it and added innovation to it uh, and, and popularized it in ways that the Indians did not. The Indians saw it as something for the for the for the elite class they call the Brahmins. Uh, and, and otherwise it was generally unknown. But the Greeks brought it back and, and made it uh, made it uh, something that was known uh, across the board, at least available across the board. And uh, uh, and Socrates was a direct lineal uh, beneficiary and descendant from a philosophical perspective of as was Plato of uh, of uh, the teachings of Pythagoras. So and he taught that which he had learned in India. Ah, I got it. I love Pythagoras, the father of mathematics. And then it goes into numerology and is that every number has a meaning. And when you see a certain number over and over again, that's a message from the universe trying to tell you something. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, I think numbers are always talking to you. I can see they Tom's really to excited, aren't you, Tom? I don't think they talk to Tom so much. They talk to me a lot. <laughs> so, well, that's very interesting. So, uh, more history, Tom. I'm liking the history. Bring it. <laughs> well... I, I I don't know. I, I didn't study up to be to give a history lecture. You didn't, really? Because you're so good at it. I was just liking <laughs> it tonight. Maybe I'm feeling very lazy. I'm yeah. feeling a little worn out myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little road hard and put away wet this weekend. Right. So, um, well, it, it is interesting, though, that there has been a continuum of humanity over an extended over. period of time. And if you if you if you take it from the Greeks who picked up on this. 2,600 years ago, approximately, and you and carry back from them to the to the uh, those in India, the, the Brahmins in India who had who had uh, had it for some time, uh, unknown periods of time before that, at least a thousand or maybe more than many thousands of years before that. Uh, you know the the stuff we're talking about today and tonight, and the stuff that that all four of us on this broadcast would like to share with everyone on planet earth to expand the consciousness of all of humanity um, is, is, is knowledge that in large part has been around for many, many thousands of years. There's nothing new about it. It is only in the shift from, from India to Greece, there was a expansion of the, of the people to whom it became available. Um, even that was limited uh, because the, because of the, of the Greek limitations on the idea of, of, of citizenship and so forth. Um, but today it's, it's available to everyone with the internet and, and the, uh, and the, breaking down and the and the dissolving of barriers between people of all cultures classes and so forth Oscar no uh, excuse me I have to get my dog he's trying to eat some crackers on it on the coffee table I'll be <laughs> well Albert wait so you you just finished up a second book or are you still working on that book oh I'm still working on it it's um it's actually uh, going to be uh, rather interesting. It will be both 
a paper version as well as a, um, uh, it'll be delivered through uh, MP4s. Uh -huh. and, and it'll be, you'll read it just like any other book, but it will be uh, digitally um, enhanced with um, animated uh, movies. Excellent. Ooh. Excellent. That is awesome. I love that. And you're the architect of that, right? Yes. I, that was one of those things where I went into the Vesica Pisces and got this idea that um, what if what if I wrote this book to be actually a movie? Oh, nice. Uh, an, an animated movie. And I taught myself how to do this on... Um, on a Mac program called, uh, um, what's it called, Keynote. Oh, really? I'm dying to see it. Yeah. Excellent. So you, can, you can convert these um, Keynote slides into animated movies. Wow. wow. That is really neat. So it will be a self-study program uh, on self-mastery. Wow. And when is that due to come out? <laughs> when is that due to come out? I have no idea. No idea. No idea. I'm working on... One of the things that I've learned is that, first of all, my creativity, and that's I use that in a very broad term. I don't mean it necessarily as artwork or architecture or writing. Um but any kind of creative thinking is enhanced by this relationship that I've developed with my etheric counterpart that I call my soul. So when I, when I open up that communication, um, one day I did that and got this, um, inspiration that I could uh, write this this book as an animated series. Wow. That's incredible. I, I love that. I know that they're doing podcasts and putting it with animation. Uh, recently, I just witnessed one on Netflix. So it's really incredible that you're actually doing a book to animation, which and I've never heard of that before. I had never heard of it either, but that's great. You know, it's it's like this this way that I found um, in the same manner in the same process. I discovered and got this uh, intuitive hit on how to do these drawings. Um, in a different way, uh, I got I got that information in the same manner in which I received this idea. So, uh, for me, this balancing inner balancing part um, and communicative relationship with my soul gives me access to all kinds of innovations. Wow. Have you, um, when you're creating these things, have you ever come up with a thought process like, I've never done that before. 
that's scary. I don't know if I can do that. What would you say to people that have felt that way? They got a really great idea, but they let fear step in the way and not let them to move forward with it. They have couldn't have the idea if they weren't capable of doing it. Well, and and the fear only comes in when you think about it, right? Don't and, think about it. And and so yeah, that that's the point, Tom. Is don't think about it. Um, and and the other point is that I remember something I read many years ago, which was feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> and and um, uh, my whole life, whole existence is kind of based upon doing life that way. And the most, the most exciting thing for me is sharing these things with other people because we all have these human perceived limitations. And this is, I have found a way to, um, to break the barriers and of perception of my limitations. Which is amazing in and of itself. And I don't think, um, often I don't think we realize just how limited we see ourselves, not truly understanding who we really are and mm -hmm. what we really are, you know, and um, we're powerful forces of creation. We've created, that's all we've ever done is create. It's all we will ever do. I, I believe that this is how Einstein and, um, and Socrates and, you know, I believe that this is pretty much the way, whether they did it in the same way that I did or do, um, who knows? But the point is that when you open yourself up to a relationship between physical and non-physical aspects of yourself, these are the kinds of things that you can do. So I would just ask people to think about what are you capable of? Perhaps you don't even know what you're capable of doing when you develop this relationship. I mean, it's, I've always been involved in a creative process, having been an architect for 40 years. But this process has opened me up to creating in a much broader sense of it. So you could apply this to relationships, for instance. Um, and, and just imagine being in whatever, uh, whatever the relationship is, romantic or business or otherwise, imagine what could happen if the two or more people were engaged in this kind of conscious interconnection we could be doing incredible things. I as, get that. As individuals and as a human society. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to think this is part of our efforts right here to bring yeah. attention and energy to that. 
Um, I have so much energy running through my heart tonight, guys. Yeah. A lot. It's a lot. Thank you. It's a good night. Happy Fourth of July. Well, you know, this all this points up that the fact that the that which we see at the physical level of manifestation, we look at our hands, we look at the mirror, see our face, we see our bodies. Um, whether whether they're physically impressive or not impressive, uh, and more of us are not as impressive as we would like uh, from a physical <laughs> presentation standpoint. Um, that which we are able to see that way or feel or touch or smell or whatever else is literally like a, like one grain of sand on a infinite beach of of the of the infinite capacity of who we truly are even at the individual level yeah. and uh and so uh it's not it's even before we start connecting with all all others and all other all other things and all that is and so forth and so on um you know the the idea of the tip of the iceberg being above the water, and and that being two to five percent, and the rest of the ninety to ninety five to ninety seven percent is below the water, doesn't even begin to to describe the the level of smallness that what we and our physical embodiment are, um, e even in our individuated consciousness. Uh, in comparison with what the totality of what each of us represents. Yeah. And that's why Al being able to tap into what he identifies as his soul, or what we could be called by other names, uh, but it is a, that is a, a, a concept that is a, is an evolutionary concept for humanity. And it is one that we are culturally dumbed down against at this point in our development because because of science and so forth having displaced the idea that there's anything physically. But, uh, but but those of us who have had non-physical experiences uh, simply know that's not the limitation is is artificial it's not real and 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 that's why the work that Al does, the, the work that uh, all four of us on this broadcast are un undertaking to do to awaken humanity to its, to its grandeur, if you will, uh, is, is so important. Because if we do that, many of the things that, are, that, are, that bedevil us from day to day and, and, uh, uh, and, and cause our economies to fail, cause wars, cause uh, uh, all sorts of uh, terrible things to happen in, in human lives and in the lives of all the other beings on earth uh, don't need to happen if we, if our consciousness was, was, was commensurate with the reality that, w that some of us know is there, it would not be that way. And we know that. Absolutely. Well, I got a question. 
What's that? For so for the, some of our listeners that are listening in and they're new to all this stuff, and we talk about the soul, the consciousness, all that. How does one really tap into that soul energy or that entity that we're talking about that for our creativeness and and growing as a collective? How does how how are you, how did you guys discover that or how you know how do people begin doing that for themselves? Well, you can put your tongue on the top of your palate for starters and you can um, focus in, take all of your attention and focus it in between your eyebrows. Bring it, just bring it in, bring it into your heart. Don't think about it. You got to let thoughts fall away. I just keep going in through my, into my heart, into my heart. And then I push out and I make a circle and I get that circle going. And then through my third eye and through my crown chakra, I pull in light from as high above me, my absolute highest aspect of myself. I call it in. You have that with the with your tongue on the roof of your palate, and you can feel yourself connect. And when you do, you you see a, I see a straight white light, and I bring it in through my body, and it, that vesica Pisces thing that. Um, Al talks about, I can feel and experience that happening in my body. And you just align and I, you know, you just connect. That's how I connect. Um, it's making me shake, share that with you guys. But um, at any time, if you have the awareness to just stop. Tammy. Yes. Mike, closer to Mike. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So at any time, if you have the ability within your being to just stop and breathe and say, I know I have access to the answer to this right now, often it comes to me and you can start playing games with like, you know, pens, whatever you lose around the house, you can play games with it at first to test it out. Um, but you'll get guidance. That's how I do it. What do you guys got? How would you encourage the audience to um, try to connect with that in a quick way where it could be palatable and they could see it maybe or feel it if they're not experienced in doing so? I'll defer to Al. <laughs> Who's going to defer to you? <laughs> anyway, um, Uh, there's a, a spot on our chest, uh, just just below the rib cage. Where mm -hmm. the, it's called the xiphoid process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll stand up. Thank you, Tammy. Show show the audience where that is. It's a little lower. It's where, it's where the rib cage meets. Yeah. The rib cage, where the sides of the rib cage come together, that's called the the xiphoid process. Mm -hmm. And I put my my on that location. Mm -hmm. That location is what I learned that is called the seed of the soul. Mm -hmm. And when I first started. My community 
with my with that aspect of myself mm -hmm. that's where i would go every time to to begin a communication and it was just simply an inner dialogue and i might ask a question but then i would go into the stillness and wait for an intuitive response. And after a while, it just, after a practice that for, for a little while, I started getting uh, very quick intuitive responses. It's almost like, it was almost like that part of myself was awaiting our connectivity, just connectivity. And um, that's how it started for me. And I developed a whole series of other ways to do that. Um, one of which is, um, is I will tap into that space just before I go to sleep at night. And invariably, I'll wake up in the next the next morning with the solution. Yeah, it seems like it just gets over time. It becomes very just more dialogue. Like you have more, con I, I have more conversation there than I do, believe it or not, with people. But but, also, but when you directly try to do it, if you're not um, familiar with it, I guess also, it's it's also a matter of demonstrating to the universe or to your soul that you are in the process of clearing out the thoughts and feelings of your separateness from others. And you're focusing consciously on adopting a more unified mm -hmm. existence in your thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. That was that was true for me. As I demonstrated that, more uh, as I demonstrated that effort uh, on my conscious part of me, in my thoughts and feelings, it elicited a more intuitive feedback. Mm -hmm. Intuitive guidance. And, and today, it's like, imagine developing that relationship where you don't have to think about it anymore, but that guidance is always there. It's just there. Well, that's a lovely place to be. And I invite humanity to join the ride. Um, but getting there, I think, um, and, and even having a desire or recognizing that, you know, I don't, I don't know that everybody has a desire to experience that. I know I do. And I know um, it seems a lot do. And it feels very much as though we are creating. Yeah. What you got there, Tom? I know you're talking. What do you got? 
What does that that? say? I can't see what it's. I can see a red guy. What's it say? Uh, Well, what it is, it's on my phone. It's a, it's a the same picture that's behind Al. Uh huh. What is it? It's a, it's a wonderful painting by a woman named Susan Seddon Boulay, who was a San Francisco artist. Now, now deceased, unfortunately. Um, and and the uh, uh, and the the paintings she did were about a, a shamanic. This one is called Shaman. It's it's the it's the uh, cover painting for a book of her of of hers of paintings by her of that name, um, and uh, and it's about expansion of consciousness and so forth and. Uh, and what we're generally talking about tonight, and, you know, in the breathing thing, I was thinking as, as you and Al were talking, breathing is important, obviously. Uh, you know, the body does it for us, even if we don't think about it. Um, and, and when it doesn't do it, we don't last much longer. But, uh, but it is when we focus on things like that, I had the privilege of uh, back in the 80s getting involved in the rebirthing movement, which was started by a guy named Leonard Orr uh, in California, even though he ended up uh, coming back or coming to Virginia and passed away about two years ago. Um, Leonard Orr was promoting the idea of physical immortality. Um, He didn't quite make it, but but he nevertheless had some pretty good ideas. and uh, and the, it, he thought it was called the rebirthing movement. And the rebirthing? The rebirth, rebirthing was what it was called. And, what and is, it was, a, it was a, about breathing. It was about breathing uh, exercises and using mm-hmm. breathing, uh, conscious breathing as a form of meditation to expand one's consciousness and uh, and to transcend the limitations that, that we that we normally that are programmed into us by our culture, our our society, our our church, our, our all everything around us, and uh, and so uh, uh, this you were talking, Tammy, about doing this breathing stuff, and and this is this is of great importance, and it's something that people very seldom think about. Yoga is another tool. Now, a lot of people do yoga and think of it only as some sort of a, a little exercise program, but yoga at its deepest levels is a very, very profound philosophical uh, uh, way of expanding one's consciousness about all of reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so um, all these things that are seem so sort of simple and fundamental are, are ways of following Al's guides of, of energy follows thought. It, these are things we do without thinking. If we think about them and, 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 and examine them for what they truly are, they open all sorts of doorways of experience and perception and so forth that are not, that, that by and large the uh, human, human beings on earth are not opening and they would be benefited by doing so. By, by expanding themselves. Al, you got something. Well, it's interesting that you bring up breath because breath is really one of the three basic creative elements. Mm-hmm. 
those, as I understand it, are light, sound, and breath. And the human equivalent to light, sound, and breath is thoughts, feelings, and actions. Mm -hmm. Right. And breath is, is equivalent to the action part of things. Exactly. And, and uh, it, it engages us. It, it's mm -hmm. our acceptance and engagement with physical expression is what exactly. it is. And those are the three universal creative elements. And when we learn how to uh, consciously direct our thoughts, feelings, and actions, or our, the sound, the light, sound, and breath, mm -hmm. we become the conscious creators of our existence, our physical existence. And by becoming that creator, that conscious creator, we are in a sense aligned with the universe. Well, that's exactly right because exactly we are, in a we, sense, with it, we are. You know, we're like the infantry. We're the foot soldiers of creation uh, right now. We're on the we're, we're the cutting edge, and uh, things are being tried and experience with us and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't and uh and and so i mean this is not this is not a uh this is not a play that has a script that's written out in advance we're making it up as we go along but we are creating it and make no mistakes about that that's right <laughs> and realizing that is um a game changer of how you experience reality and what reality you're experiencing. So, you know, I think all the time, I talk to people all the time and it's like, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. There's no accidents going on in your life. What is drawing your attention? Follow it. And, and the other thing I might add in there is that sometimes we learn about what is most important to us by learning what we don't care for. Yep. <laughs> what we would prefer not to experience. <laughs> now, Ham, among the four of us, did any of us learn the most important lessons we've learned in any other way? I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> no, no, I've been four knocks the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting, you know. It's it's really interesting to think all the and different facets. What what we have that needs to be released, if you will, um, is is a is an an overlay of 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 programming that is uh, that that teaches us in the opposite directions of what we've been talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. Teaches us that we're limited. Teaches us that uh, uh, what we cannot do, rather than what we can do. That uh, any lack exists. Excuse me. That any lack exists. It teaches us that there's lack and there's not lack. Exactly. There's nothing to be afraid of, and I know it seems terrifying when you don't right. understand that. Right. Or out of the norm in some way. 
Yeah. Um, and I've come to the understanding that being out of the norm in as many ways as possible is is a great um, a great reason to celebrate. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a lawyer, and I've in my earlier career, uh, I used to do a lot of criminal law practice, and 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 what I saw and often commented on to clients was. Um, people get prosecuted criminally for having too much fun. You know, they're not allowed to do that. It's against the law. <laughs> the law may be masked to, to make it look like something else, but that's really what it's all about. You know? <laughs> okay. I like that one. <laughs> they just don't want us having any fun. No, no. Um, yeah, we don't want you murdering anybody. That's too much right. fun. Too right, much right, fun, right. yes. You know, when you when you really have these moments of realizations that you really are um, a part of everything. I'd like to ask Tom a question. Go ahead. If he's ever used karma as a um, as a reason for defending a criminal. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I've never presented that as a legal defense. <laughs> it, was, it, it was karmically inspired. That's funny. No, but I, I, I will say this. One time about, uh, oh, 35 years ago, I was representing a, 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 a transvestite hooker. In a case. And, and, and today he would be called something else. I'm not sure what it would be, but he would be some sort of multi-gender person and, and so forth. It's way beyond my ability to even understand, although I accept it as real. But, uh, but in those days, he was just uh, Bob on the one hand and Diane on the other hand. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, uh, and his wife brought him to me as a client and he was being charged with a felony of malicious wounding against a police officer who had arrested him for being a, a male, uh, being a hooker. And, uh, and when, and when he was arrested, he had beaten the police officer over the head with his purse and bitten him on the wrist and broken the skin and thereby got charged with a felony, not only, a, you know, not just as, the, the prostitution thing. And so, uh, so I said, you know, we've got to make, uh, we've got to make the, we've got to lighten this thing up a little bit. And, and so uh, when you come to court, I want you to come dressed as you were the night of the offense on the street. When the, when the, you solicited the police officer that you, you later charged you. And I want you to come with your wife and all that. And so, uh, and so he did. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, when, when the when four or five police officers who were involved in this arrest and the, and the, uh, and the defendant and his wife, who was this, uh, his wife was a school teacher and a very prim and proper, uh, looking woman. And, uh, and so, uh, and so I, and so, uh, 
uh, you know, the judge, uh, I, the judge read the charge and I, and I, and I said, Mr. So-and-so pleads not guilty. And the judge says, well, where is Mr. So-and-so? I don't see him. And I said, oh, he's right here, Your Honor. And this is his wife next to him. And, uh, and so, <laughs> so the judge went, the judge started laughing at that moment and could not stop. That's hilarious. 30 minutes of evidence of all the biting and the hitting over the head within the biting of the biting of the wrist and so forth. And when it was all said and done, the judge said, I cannot, I cannot uh, send this case to the grand jury. I'm not going to do it. Just won't do it. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, uh, not guilty and, uh, by reason of comedy. Well, <laughs> I'm not guilty by reason of comedy. Well, I love that. I look. I'm looking on it now, and I looked on it then, in a sense, as of the interconnectivity of all things. You know, yeah. really, seriously. I mean, it. it uh, we brought out that both the deplorable and the humanity of everybody involved here in, in the case, and and the judge saw that and said, "This is this is, you know, it it." it it's got its elements, but it is a comedy. It's a divine comedy, and I'm not Absolutely. going to allow it to be a criminal offense. Just not going to allow it. Period. So everybody, the, the client walked away with with a misdemeanor conviction and no no jail time. Excellent. Yeah. Good job, Tom. He and his wife. Were, <laughs> he and his wife were both very happy. I'm sure. And and it was a a question of it was a case of the universe. You know, got its way in terms of, 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 of. It was to my way of thinking. It was an exercise in recognizing unity in the way, in the very same way you talk about it, metaphysically, mm-hmm. except it was down at the street level of things. Yeah, if you will, the real level. I'm it interested. That. What happened with the policeman? What? How? What did he feel about it? Well, he he survived the experience. He 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 he'd already had his tetanus booster, and he was fine, you know. <laughs> so I, I would say that life is a comedy of errors here on this planet. Period. In the discussion, the the statement that has me laugh every day is to remember that God is really a comedian playing in front of an audience who forgot how to laugh. No question. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. I mean, that keeps me laughing at stuff, at the the comedy of human existence. Yeah. And all <laughs> the silly things we do. Very. Yeah, yes, and, we do. And, and we, we need to realize that what we are involved in here both at the, at the level of this show and at the level of our lives apart from this show or nothing, not apart from it, but outside of the show um, involves bringing that reality to the consciousness of those around us. Mm-hmm. That those things that people take so seriously and, and, and you know, we, we have been, um, both at the human level and at the level of uh, uh, perhaps uh, visitors from other other places that would that enjoy seeing us uh, screw up screw up. Uh, uh, 
we take ourselves way more seriously than we need to. And, uh, and we are programmed to do so. We, by our, by our religious institutions, by our scholastic institutions, by our political institutions, um, by virtually parental everything. Parental institutions? Huh? Parental institutions. Parental institutions, yeah, exactly. All of it. Every, every aspect of it. And, uh, I mean, look, and look at that. Just uh, healthcare is another area. I mean, we, we, you know, we, we've created all sorts of institutional things and norms that are not even remotely sustainable as a way of advancing humanity or human consciousness. And, uh, and, 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 and they're all based on totally wrong ideas in terms of things like, uh, you know, fear of death and, and all that. I mean, if you, if, if you, Al, as, as having been in touch with your soul, know as only a one who has had that kind of connection can know that you, Al Moore, in this lifetime, are merely a transitory physical expression of your soul's creative ins, ins, inspiration. That's all. Well said. The soul that was really is well said. infinitely creating, and you are one of its many, many uh, uh, facets. You know, like a like a the gleam of a diamond, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, and so uh, uh, if if people were aware of that and were aware of the fact that that their their beingness never ends. They 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 didn't they don't need to be afraid of anything, of anything at all. So therein, imagine what a world and what your life would be like if you weren't afraid of anything. Sounds illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case, then. Well, I, I, that brings to mind a statement by, by my, uh, one of my heroes, Buckminster Fuller. Hmm. Mr. Don't. Yes. Who once said, and I actually heard him say this, uh, was at a lecture of his in 1967 or eight where he said, don't bother wasting your energy fighting a system. Design and build a new system that makes the old system obsolete. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, when I heard that, I realized, well, yeah, well, why why am I going to these protests? I'm, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm depleting my energy where I could be spending my thoughts and feelings and actions coming up with a new world, which I eventually yeah. did. That's what we're all doing here tonight. Exactly. Consciously, energetically creating a new world for yeah. yourself day by day, combining with other people. The day by closer day. To, closer to the medicine, Tammy. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got lost. 
No, you were right. I just I wanted to make sure everybody could hear you. I just lost what I said. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, but exactly. I mean, I would like to think that we continue to group together and grow exponentially, changing our realities day by day by consciously living in the highest level of integrity to everything that we know. That's what it feels like to me. And, and it really does shift things. I would, I, I, I love what you're saying and, and the way I might state it at least for myself, and that is mm -hmm. that um, instead of, I, I'm not using the term growth anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I'm using the terms a little bit more each day. I'm remembering my own dream, oneness, <laughs> union, with all that is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and in that regard it feels like expansion he is a is a term that i would prefer to use for me rather than growth and for me there's a difference in the vibration of the word very much so there's a difference between expansion and growth. Al, what I would, would add to what you just said is that, uh, and, I, and by the way, from a, from a soul perspective, I'm in flow in this lifetime. Sort of like being on an inner tube floating down the river and just letting the current take you where it takes you. And, and drinking a beer along the way, you know. You're just having a good old time, Tom. Yeah, right, just right. keep rubbing it in. Some <laughs> but, of us are not going down the river right, quite right. as gracefully. So, <laughs> so growth, you know, growth is a very tough path to choose. Many souls do choose that for lifetimes. And, and and fortunately for me, I did not choose it for this one. But, uh, but anyway, the the uh, uh, the 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 thing you describe. The, what I what I would add to it is that we are, as I said earlier in the in this discussion, we truly are at the cutting edge of creation in our lives. Our our lives, whether we have growth experience um, or we're just even in flow, we are creating as we as we experience everything we do is adding to the collective that is all that is mm -hmm. and and uh and we are at the cutting edge of that and it's it's said by some whole groups michael's one there are many others that the those uh the percentage of souls that choose to express physically as we are doing is somewhere on the low side of 5% of the total, the total soul energy in, in creation. Um, and yet this is where I would, I would uh, surmise and I, I could be full of shit. I don't really know. I think that, that, uh, that literally about 90, 95% of, of creation is occurring within this 5%. You know, in other words, we're the ones that are expanding all it is 
And we've chosen that at the soul level in order to take on uh, the mission of a sort of intrepid voyager, you know, or cosmic tourist, if you will. And, uh, and so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a important, uh, uh, path that we're on, all of us, every every one of us, now, even those who are least conscious of what's going on, they've all taken it on at the soul level. Yeah. Sandy, what you thinking about there this evening? Well, I'm just taking it all in and I'm just being mindful of every word that you guys are using. I'm a very simplistic person. I like to have fun. And I just see myself sometimes when I, I'm not in flow, I'm stuck over in the branch in the mud on the side of the river. So that, that's what we call growth. Growth. That's growth. I, Yes, growth that's period. growth. Growth period. Growth. Growth is fun. Oh yes. I, I'm trying to take my boot up out of the mud to get back onto the inner tube with that beer, which I don't care for beer, but a glass we'll get a of lemonade. Wine. Whatever. Anyway, Sandy, I want to get I love back your on sense that. of humor. Thank you. I know we are talking about <laughs> Creation Central here. I mean, this is like. This is a big conversation. It's hard to hold a container to even have that conversation. I appreciate everybody hanging out and having it with us tonight, though. It's um, truly my favorite conversation. Um, it is. And and to have an, another author. I didn't know we were going to have an author on the show tonight. What a blessing. Albert, thank you so much. Because, like, I wasn't expecting this. This was, like, a two-for-one, right? Like, I got the biggest bargain on the sales clearance track at J.C. Penney's today. Amen. Hallelujah. You know? A two-for. A two-for. That's a right. I mean, it's awesome. And the insight that you both have and you bring to us, I, I, I love the verbiage you use. I, I love I, I love uh, expanding my mind with what you say. So thank you. It's been lovely, gentlemen. Sorry, let me put this back. You know, Al and I, as I said, we've been, we became instant good friends six years ago. And I very, very seldom have ever heard Al say anything with which I disagreed. And, 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 uh, and I, and I, I may or may not have said things with which he disagrees, but what I have also found so interesting is that we have essentially the same perspective, but we have, we insist on expressing it in slightly different ways, which, which fits each with our own lives. And, uh, which is just, it, it to me is just uh, another illustration of the oneness of all things, you know, from different angles. It's like seeing the same tree from a different side, you know? Mm. Yes. And I think that helps uh, to have different perspectives or angles. Mm -hmm. That's why people connect together so that we can see everything that tree in all the direction that because i might see i might have my little tunnel vision going on but tammy she she's got this expansion going over here and her eyes see way better on the right side of the tree tom sees better on the left side of the tree and albert can see the whole tree that's the beauty of it and yeah. they're coming together and and the um 
the beauty is that we're not fighting about who's got the real perspective. Right. Right. And 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 therein we're all aware of consciously steering together, and it's really quite amazing. You know, therein lies the 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 silliness of of human beings argue over arguing over right and wrong. Oh, right. <laughs> it, it's just it's it's a ludicrous. Uh, it is to to argue over uh, who's got the right perspective. <laughs> so in the new earth, there's no fighting, right? Well, let's let me put it this way: the way I perceive it at currently, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and that leaves when I say it that way, it leaves endless amount of room for shifting, mm -hmm. adding to this view. That, if you're at a snapshot, what it let, looks like let, right now, what does it look like? Let's say that one of us is going through a period where we feel separate from each other. We feel separate from our higher selves. We feel separate in some way. In a, in a masterful way, we would also have the inner skills to realize what we were doing and making self-adjustments to return to a unified condition. In, in let's say a criminal situation or what we might consider to be a violation of one's space or being or whatever, instead of criminality, what if the people were brought together and there were facilitators of remembering union so that both of the people involved in a separating experience were brought back into into the memory of their union and that they perhaps had the experience of separation to take them to a higher level of understanding of their of their remembrance of union so that they realized at the soul level they were merely acting out roles in a sort of a, a, a play in exactly. order to teach each other. Exactly. Right. To further expand. Yeah. Right. That's all we ever yeah. do. I feel like I'm in the Lion King tonight. Mufasa says, Re remember <laughs> who you are. That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, we've gone over our time um, by a minute and a half. I want to thank everyone um, well, for that is, that, is that against the law to do that? Is it? No, no, no. Okay, no, good. No, no. <laughs> I feel much better. I, don't I don't, dis don't disconnect when we get done, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't disconnect. All. But we're going to end the show right here, everyone. Thank you so much for joining Raising Vibrations and Journeys into Consciousness. I'm your host, Reverend Raven. I want to thank Albert Moore and Tom Coates for being such exceptional guests this evening and sharing their um insights and in and enlightenment all is our i don't know like our human consciousness going forth so thank you guys i really appreciate it thank, thank you for having us thanks thanks yes. very much and tammy thank you for being an excellent beautiful host on camera you're just <laughs> lovely my dear Mwah. all right we're gonna end I that love show. you all happy fourth of july happy fourth of Until july next week bye bye Good night, everyone bye, -bye. bye. stay on guys